So my dad passed away in 2015. We weren't talking and it took a month for his family to track me down. Before I ever knew he was gone, I started hearing from him in heaven. It consumed me. How is communication with the other side even possible? I left my corporate gig, studied with spiritual teachers on every coast, and worked with my angels to figure out the answers. Today, my mission is teaching you how to raise your vibration, shift your thoughts, trust your intuition, develop your unique spiritual gifts, and connect with your loved ones and angels on the other side. Friends, when you have these tools, life really does become heaven on earth. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And today I have on a very special friend and guest, Andy Height, And he is a um, executive life coach. Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, friend. Yeah. It kind of warmed my heart that you introduced me as friend. Oh, yes. Fast friends. Yeah. Um, just like we got to know each other through mutual friends and it was like an automatic click. Like, yeah. oh my God, we got to sit down and spend time together because um, you have this spiritual well, executive coaching business, but you say you've got a secret mission behind each one of your client experiences. Tell everybody about that. Well, I think, I I think I could be wrong. I think most coaches out there um, are are relatively spiritual people, right? We all kind of have our are different in with our clients. We all have different things that we like to work on that we want to help our clients achieve. For me, the thing that I most want to provide for my clients is freedom. And the way that that I do that is I try to awaken them to the essence of who they are, opposed to what they go and do in the world, right? Because I think the more open we are, the more connected to ourselves, the more that we can be out in the world and participate in it energetically. Now, a lot of the executives and entrepreneurs that I work with, they don't really speak that language. And so I, I typically find language that, that helps them identify that. Um, I mean, I do kind of have a little secret mission that I want to find a way to lead my clients to God, whatever that is for them. Yes. Right. To be connected to themselves, their heart, their intuition, the people around them in a way that they've never experienced before. Amazing. So I got to ask you this. So I had a person email in last night, a man, and he goes, Julie, I don't think that you realize this. He's like, I've been a fan of your show since the beginning. Um, he said, but you talk about women a lot when it comes to your programs. And I wrote back and I said, you're so right. And I'm so sorry because um, I do. And it's it's mainly because like probably 98, 99% of all of the people that come through are women. But I said, I really want to change that because we need more men in the spiritual space. So you just said something that I've thought for a long time. 
when you say you have to kind of bring that spiritual language in, is that to a lot of men? Because there's some science behind this where um, women are tend to be more open spiritually than men. Do they not have the spiritual language playbook? What's happening there? You're kind of in this, and I think you could give a lot of insight to a lot of women who are curious about how to pull their husbands in as well. Yeah, there, there may, you know, I haven't really thought about this, so my answer might not be the most pretty, but we'll riff and see where we get, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think men and women alike have access to, to connect to themselves in the world in similar ways. I think the world of woo woo can often seem foreign to not necessarily men or women, but the masculine, right? Um, And so it can often be off-putting to to folks that they don't really have experience with it. They don't really understand it. And that's kind of what I see my job as being. Again, like this has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with any kind of dogma. It really is connecting to self which you and I know and believe that self is a part of the is, right? The one, the the universe, the energy, God, whatever. And so that's my in with with my clients is like, who are you without the thoughts that you think, Mm. right? And so it's not necessarily like the language or the language can be a barrier, but I think everyone has access and they just approach it in different ways. Yeah. So you were an actor before you got into coaching. And I think it's a really profound story. And I want us to go into it because it's not easy to leave your profession. A lot of us get into, (laughs) you know, our thirties, our forties, our fifties, and we're, we wake up and we're like, I am not doing what I love. I am not doing what my soul is called here for. And yet our society structures things in a way where it's almost, it feels like a trap. You know, I felt trapped at that point. You know, I only have this skill set. I can only do these things. And if I switch, there's this kind of preconceived notion that you're going to fall back down in your pay scale and your family, you know, there's just, you have to contribute to your family. How do you start a business when you have to pay your bills every month? Talk to us about your time as an actor and how you had these thoughts to kind of change professions and how you made that switch. Yeah. So I was an actor early in my career for the like the early 90s, 2000s. And then I transitioned over to be an artistic director. So still in the arts, but not acting the whole time. What you talk about, right? Spirit angels are always planting seeds. They're always kind of knocking going, hello, are you listening? Right? We see this for you, this, right? Um, How it started was about seven, eight years ago, I was working with a therapist because I love the work that I did. it, It was a difficult environment to be in at times. So I wanted to get some support. I worked with this therapist for about a year or so. And one afternoon she looks over at me and she goes, I've been thinking about this. I'm just going to share it. I think you, you're kind of a healer. I I think you should consider being a therapist. And I was like, that's kind of cool and sexy, right? (laughs) 
I like that. Like that idea that I could help people. It, a light bulb went on. I'm like, yeah. Went home that night and I started to like, what would I have to do in order to do this? And I'm like, oh, I can't go back to school and get another degree. <laughs> no way. And truth be told, like I was making a pretty good living and, and the app like Indeed or something that showed the average salary for a therapist, I would take a huge pay cut. So I was like, that's not my path right now. So I just kept going. Um, Fast forward a couple more years. um, I'm working with a different therapist that says the same thing. I'm like, what's going on? What's happening? Your angels are tapping you on the shoulder. Right. They're like, hello. I mean, how often do we have to hit you across the face before you listen? But I was still like, that's not the path. And then I got introduced to this world of coaching. Yeah. Um, How did you get uh, introduced to it? So several years ago, my sister-in-law um, I'd, I'd heard about it, like just out in the world, right? I think it's more kind of like angel spirits going, hey, look over here. Um, my uh, family member went through a divorce and and I was really helping them pick up the pieces and, and keep moving. She had a business that she was, you know, trying to keep afloat while dealing with the kids and the divorce. And so I was like, you know what? I'll coach you. I didn't really know what the hell that meant, but I was like, let's do it. And so I kind of got really interested in it. I started reading a little bit more about it, falling in love with it. Um, And then I decided, I talked to my wife, I'm like, maybe I should just go out and like get a certification all the while I'm still doing my other job. Um, So to wrap up a very long story, I went out and, and got the certification and started doing it on the side a little bit. And it was it became very clear very quickly that this was the path that I needed to take. And so then the choice came, do I like give up the golden handcuffs of the great coveted career that I had, the, the salary, the benefit, all of that to start from zero. And here we are. Yeah. Did it. So what guidance would you give to other people who are in that same spot right now where they're in kind of that fear, that egoic mind space of, can I actually do this? What, what guidance do you have? So what I find is most people, they automatically shut the door. Like I, I have to have this kind of salary and this structure and X for my family. And then they just shut the door right there without actually like, listening to the voices, and then looking at all the possibility, right? Um, I did that for a while. I was like, that's not possible to go from my salary to zero to build something. But then what I know is true, if we open that door, look at possibility, we can find a way. You know, it may not be like what I did where I made the decision and two weeks later I gave notice and I did it. You know, you might have to have a six month like, runway to get things in place, to save up some money, to find a loan, to, um, but what I know is it's always possible. If that's, we wouldn't have these callings if there wasn't the path forward to achieve it. Yeah. And so my recommendation would be go through the process, process of exploring how it's possible. So how is your life different today? You know, like, how do you feel different? You know, 
doing your soul's passion versus, you know, not following that calling within your heart? It literally is night and day. Don't get me wrong. I loved my other career. There were parts of it that I didn't love the environment, personalities at times, but I loved it. And I didn't really even think that something better was possible, but I'm not joking. Like I get giddy. I was driving downtown to an, <laughs> uh, an event last night and I was like, I get to do this, right? I get to create whatever the heck I want. Um, and that is so liberating. That's how I feel. What I want to bring to my clients, however we get there, if it's through spirit, if it's through some other way, it's not always through spirit, but bringing freedom, a sense of freedom in life. So one of the words that you use, though, I think you really touched on this. And and as I've gotten to know you, I think it's so fascinating because really the difference between the work that I do and the work that you do, there really isn't a lot of difference. We're using maybe different terminology, but we're getting people from a point A to a point Z of where they want to be. And for every single person, that's a completely different experience. But one of the biggest crossovers that I'm sure we both find is this energy of openness or closeness. And you had said before, if if people close down, you know, and just say, you know, I can't leave because I'm at this salary and I can't slide back down the track, that right there, that one thought within a person's head closes them down to all infinite possibilities in front of them. So how do you work with that energy with your clients to kind of manipulate their, not manipulate, you know, I'm, I kind of mean like mold and sculpt them to get them to that open space? Yeah, my job as a coach is to help the, like literally to open the blinds of the window to see what's possible, right? Then they get to choose whether or not they um, let's use a door rather than, cause you can't walk through a window, right? <laughs> Open the blinds to the door to see what's possible. They get to then choose whether or not they walk through it. My job is to help them see it. Um, and we do that through a, a couple of ways. First, I, I ask everybody that I talk to and that I work with, have an open mind, have, be willing to, in just in this moment to dream, let's look at what is possible for you. And then sometimes I'll show, you know, ask questions. Do you know anybody that's ever done it? They always say, well, yeah, tell me why you can't do it. And then they'll list off, well, I have kids or I have this. Did they have kids or did they? Yeah. So it's really just kind of like laying little breadcrumbs to get them to a place where I may not walk through the door, but I can see that it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you just use breadcrumbs as an analogy because that's what I always say. Spirit yeah. gives you these nuggets and you yeah. just have to follow the breadcrumbs. Yeah. It's so true. Um, okay. So you were working with clients before COVID, right? And you're working with clients now. Has this experience of us going through a lockdown, a lot of people in corporate America having to work from home for a very long time, 
what is the difference now in your coaching role? You know, I, I say to my clients a lot and on the podcast, working with thousands of people, you start to see energy threads, right? Like, okay, 50% of the population struggles with this. Okay, 80% of the population is struggling with this. Where's humanity at right now? And where do they need healing resources to move to the next level? It's an excellent question. Um, and my coach friends and I talk about this a lot and my therapist friends, you know, pre-COVID, a lot of people were just on the hamster wheel of life, right? They're waking up, doing their thing, punching the clock, coming home, making dinner, taking care of the kids or whatever that routine was for them. COVID, while there was a lot of tragedy and still is, we're in the wake of it, to many has been a great gift because it gave them the opportunity to see, to wake up, to see that this is not really the life that I want to be living, right? We've, we're seeing this, you, you, you may or may not have seen a lot of articles out about the great resignation. You know, people are leaving their previous careers, their previous jobs, their current business, because they realize, holy cannoli, life is, it's short and tomorrow is not guaranteed. So to answer your question, I think a lot of people are looking for more meaning in their life, right? They want to be tied to a purpose and not just be on that hamster wheel of life and, and living, you know, 90 years over and over the same year over and over, they want to live 90 years where each day is a new experience and feels like they're living into their life rather than just being on this, this train that's taking them where they go. Mm -hmm. For sure. So when you work with folks, sometimes let's tell people more about what you do. So you work one-on-one -on -one with folks, but then you also go into big like corporate America offices and you speak and you're speaking to a huge group of people. Do you do trainings as well? Or what is that like when you go into corporate offices? Yeah, um, it can be a number of things. Like I, I work with say if we're talking like corporate America, work with the executive or the executive team to help them find alignment, to help them find um, whatever it is that's, that is that they're struggling with, right? What we know is bottleneck, whatever the bottleneck is in a business or in a person is always at the top, right? And so if, if a business needs to expand and grow and they're finding they're hitting a ceiling, it's usually because of the executive team or the executives. So I'll go in and I'll work with them to figure out what is creating the bottleneck, what is creating stagnation. And that can look like, you know, one-on-one -on -one or group coaching or facilitating workshops that, that introduce um, concepts and different ways of communication and being as that executive team. So what does that stagnation look like in corporate America? Yeah, typically, it's, you know, when people call me, they, they have a goal, say, for instance, we, we really want to go from, I'm just going to pick a number, 10 million to 20 million. We've had this goal for, for two years. We're not moving. And then typically when we dig in, it's there's a misalignment with the executive team. There's one is moving in this direction. One is moving in that direction. Um, one is completely sideways. Oftentimes there's people in those seats that really aren't suited for those seats. 
And so it's really kind of going in and kind of Rubik's cubing the thing. Um, I'll step back, helping the, that team see what needs to be Rubik's cubed so that they can do it. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. It's so funny because you and I will be talking and I'll be like, we say the same thing in the spiritual community, you know, but it's just, um, you know, the angels talk all the time about stagnation energy and just how um, it really comes down to our own awareness. If we can't see something, we cannot change it. And if there's a stagnant energy um, and you feel it, it's not just you feeling it everybody else feels it too totally. within your household within your company do you find that within executive teams too if they there's that stagnant energy everybody else is feeling it but they might not be talking about it yeah i mean it manifests itself in different ways oftentimes in frustration or um just displeasure right because the energy is not moving in a unified direction it's sort of chaotic and all over the place and we want it to move to this direction we keep hitting walls so yeah i mean it's it, it is often palpable yeah when you walk into a room so one of the other things that comes up a lot is the seraphim angels talk about this they've talked about this since before covid but i think there's more to it than just the changes that we've went through in covid of people working from home or zoom calls um the seraphim say there's going to be a massive awakening within corporate america where it cannot continue the same way it has to shift it has to make changes for all of those who work in corporate america right now who are listening, what changes do you see within the forefront that need to be made? I, I see it happening now to some degree. Who knows if it's this is it or if there's more. Um, I, you see a lot of the individual contributors and even up are taking a stand for what they want in their life. I, I If I'm going to give literally half of my waking hours to a company, these are kind of my non-negotiables. And that is causing the engine of corporate America to rethink what and how they do it. Because, I mean, frankly, there's just a ton of companies that are understaffed because the, the support staffs and the workers and the leaders within those companies have said, I'm not doing it that way anymore. It's not what's right for me. It's not what's right for my family. It's just not going to work. So it's it's really causing corporate America to take a step back and go, how do we do this so that everyone can kind of live into their lives uh, the way that feels good to them and we conduct the business that we want to conduct? Yeah, 100%. It's fascinating. So Andy knows yesterday I was um, in the ER for a tailbone uh, injury and um, I was sitting there and I was like, I always feel guilty, Andy, when I get sick or when I get, you know, like other people aren't going to believe me. So here I am, I'm sitting in the ER and I'm like, why do I have this mentality of other people? And um what came to me was in high school, my mom, in middle school, my mom would say, if you need a mental health day, 
you take a mental health day. She said, you get one each quarter. So for a year and, but she goes, but you got to lie to school, right? Because they don't give you mental health days and they're going to think I'm bad mom if I do this. So I got used to lying to, you know, my school, which never feels good to me. I'm an honest, truthful to a T person. So I, I thought about that and I thought to myself, my team needs that. My team needs the permission of me saying to them, you can take a mental health day. You need a mental health day one, once a quarter. You let me know, no questions asked. You just say, today's my mental health day. And there's other ways that I've been trying to bring the spiritual into the team of people that is is helping run my business, like starting out the beginning of a team meeting, just helping people get into oneness and really center into alignment and their soul self right there, right then. And just ending the meeting with a little quick prayer, just asking the angels to guide us and to be with us and to bring us whatever intuitive information they need us to know. How do you think, and I know that that's me and I can do that because I have a very spiritual business. How do you think others could be pulling that into their work environment as well? Um, well, first off, I love the mental health day. Um, I love ha giving that as a, an opportunity for your, your team. It's going to make your team much more, much more productive, knowing that they can take a little me time, right? Oftentimes self-care seems selfish, but it's not, it is necessary. Um, I was at an, an event last night and the C, uh, there was a CEO talking about kind of the very thing that you're talking about. He's like, one of the reasons that his company was so successful was he decided to run it like he would want it to be run if he was working there. They would have a morning and they had like 40, 50 people. They would have a morning huddle every day. He didn't care if that took them away from a sales call or a, you know, a, a meeting here or there. He wanted to bring his family together and center them in, in a way that they felt like they're all on this train. Talk about energy, right? Moving in a same direction to be aligned. You know, I, I don't think his way of huddling with his team was woo-woo spiritual. You know, it was just very open. This is what we want to accomplish today. Does anybody have anything they want to bring, uh, to bring out, to talk about? Um, but I, I love that idea of, of having openness within the team because then everybody feels like they're a part of something. And they're not just here like doing X when somebody's over here doing Y and it's a way of getting that energy moving. Did that answer your question? Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, I think that there's so much that we could be bringing in and we all have teams in our own way. I mean, that kind of comes back to our family. We've been looking at too, like, how do you bring more, how do you like bring spirituality into your family? Um, yeah. You've got two daughters, right? Twins? 15 year old twin daughters. <laughs> Everybody out there, pray for me. <laughs> yeah, talk to us about this, of how you like bring that spirituality too into the family unit. Yeah, um, very, very, very important to me. Um, and again, we don't necessarily talk about it in terms of God or spirit, but oftentimes if, if my girls are 
my wife or I'm having uh, an issue or I want to kind of get them to the core of whatever that is outside of their thinking about it, getting them connected to, you know, who are you? What is it that you want in this world? And if this isn't serving you, what will? So that's really, really important to me to, to have us all be connected to something deeper. And what I've found, COVID actually helped us with this. When COVID first started, every night for probably a month, we would end up in this office, some on the floor and just talking, right? Because we wanted to like really be open and honest about what we were experiencing um, and have a, a forum so that we could just be together and speak our minds. I love that. I love that. Um, what have you learned through being an executive life coach that you like, what are three takeaways that you really want your girls to leave the house with when they turn 18 and go off to college? First and foremost, when I started this business, the, the thing that got me over the hump was I wanted to teach them that chasing a dream is completely possible and doable if you're committed. So first and foremost, that anything is possible. Anything is possible. You can create anything in your life that you want. Anything is possible. That's number one. <laughs> I love that. Um, second is that they are whole and complete and perfect as they are. And third, I'm always here for you. Mm. Yeah. That's perfect, Andy. Um, so you've read a lot too. You and I, like we've talked about this, there's a ton of books. What are your top three favorite books too? Oh my gosh, that is so difficult. I know. <laughs> well, I can tell you, and, and, and I don't know if they're like, they're still my favorite, but I can tell you some, I mean, I books are my passion. Mm -hmm. um, but I can tell you some that have made a profound difference in my life at certain points. Um, a New Earth by Eckhart Tolle um, completely broke me open. Yeah, you said that. You said it almost ruined your marriage. It's really, my wife and I still talk about it to this day. It's like- You got to tell this story. Well, that that book, as I say, literally broke me open. It It- it opened the blinds to the door and I chose to walk through in a way like has only happened once or twice in my life. Um, and my wife was, she got kind of scared, right? Because in this spiritual awakening thing, we can tend to like move up levels um, uh, in energy. And there was a time where she was like, I don't really know who you are because I had, I had changed so much. So that book was really powerful for me. So then how did you how did you move through that? How did you like come back together? So I would never let us like really diverge. I just stayed in conversation, kept assuring her, you know, I'm not different. I'm the same person you fell in love with. I just uh, see the world a little differently. Um, I'm still here, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it probably took six or eight months of just sitting around the table or sometimes at a bar and yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Second book. Uh, so probably the first book that ever really smacked me in the face that really got me turned on to this world of self-development 
kind of changed my life. A seminal moment in my life was a book called The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck. I I got it for at, in high school for graduation and it just followed me around for like five years in a box and got dusty until I was like sad, depressed, you know, crying on the floor of my apartment in Chicago in the late nineties. And I'm like, I got to do something. And I opened this book <laughs> and I was like, Oh, there's another way. And it's helped me see that like happiness um, joy, anything that we want to experience is an inside job, not an outside job. Right. Um, so that book, the, uh, Victor Frankel, oh, which one's that? Um, everybody who's listening knows exactly the book I'm trying to, to think of. <laughs> it talks about the meaning of man's search for meaning, man's search for meaning. I've never heard of that one. Oh, Talk about finding <laughs> meaning in one's life. Yeah. Um, Victor Frankl was a psychologist. Uh, he was Jewish um, and ended up in concentration camps. Um, Nazis killed nearly everybody he knew and loved. And what he discovered and what he illustrates in the book is just what I was saying. Like meaning is an inside job. People, the world can take away everything can take away your home, can take away your cars, can take away even family members, but they can't take away your identity and your connection to self. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful book. I highly recommend it. And you get to choose to define that. Yes. Yeah. We define who we are. Oftentimes that's missed um, with people because they think, oh, COVID happened, my life sucks, or I lost my job, my life sucks, or, you know, I won the lottery, my life's great. Um, but in fact, none of those are lasting, right? Um, and in fact, we get to create anything we want for ourselves if we take on that challenge. I love that. That's so pretty. Um, okay, so... I want people, people are going to stay on. Um, your angel story is going to air on Thursday. So um, we're going to do that next. But I want you to let people know where to find you. I feel like you're really fun and completely authentic on social media. Um, so tell people where they can find you on your website and social. Yeah. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Andy Height. Uh, I don't really know what my handles are, but I'm pretty easy to find. I'm typically wearing a hat. Uh, my website is andyheightcoaching.com. Um, encourage you to reach out, have a conversation, chat. Let's talk spirituality. Let's talk business. Let's talk um, cooking, anything. Yeah. I love it. So Andy's uh, last name is H-I-T-E for anybody wondering. And we're going to put all of those links in the show notes below so that they're really easy for you to find. Andy, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show today. Oh, I always love spending time with you, Julie. Oh, I appreciate the, the opportunity. I love the conversation and um, really grateful for what you do in the world. Oh, right back at you, friend. Thanks.